You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben, from Las Vegas, where I will see you and the boys very soon. Travis is hanging out in Las Vegas, and of course, Fernando. How you doing, Fernando? I'm so good, Ben. It's good to see you guys. And Travis, you're looking great. You had a wonderful time in Ohio. Do you know, did people end up reaching out to uh, that uh, congressman, that local House member that you asked them to last week? Yes, State Representative Bill Seitz, as far as we know, has been receiving plenty of intelligent, (laughs) well-worded texts from our beautiful, intelligent listeners. So we will talk about that and recap you here at the end of the show. It was a great trip to Ohio for sure. Woo! So we'll read a few of the messages that y'all sent to uh, Mr. Seitz. You will not, you will not interrupt me, madam. (laughs) So dramatic, bro. Relax. So we'll definitely read some of the great messages y'all sent him in order to affect positive change in this great nation of ours. All right. The first story we want to talk about today, it's summertime. Isn't it fun? It's summertime. Oh. And everyone wants to go out and they want to hang out at the beach and they want to talk to their friends and they want to say, last year, right? Didn't have that on my 2021 bingo card. Do any gas pumps work in this country? <laughs> they want to have a fun conversation. And that's exactly what billionaires need as well. So <sighs> summer camp, it was a two-day summer camp for billionaires. The net worth of all attendees combined at this summer camp in Sun Valley was $700 billion. <sighs> or the GDP of Saudi Arabia. So interestingly enough, there was just enough money there to plan 9-11 too, which is maybe what they were doing. (laughs) Isn't that exciting? Tim Cook of Apple, Warren Buffett, Diane von Furstenberg, and of course, of course, Anderson Cooper. And Michael Bloomberg, it's a who's who of who never got laid in high school. So these people all got together, and this is why people are skeptical that the billionaire class may not necessarily understand, nor want to understand, nor have any uh, desire to understand working class people, middle class people, and dare I say, even many millionaires. They get together, they have private summer camps, and this seems like Bohemian Grove 2.0 with better food, perhaps. Oh, folks, uh, I, I snuck into the Bahamian Grove, and let me tell you, the food was awful. Whoa! It gave me the shits. <laughs> Mr. Alex Jones, stop eating all the shrimp. <laughs> that belongs to the super wealthy and the fat. So it really does remind us that the people, when they get together to make the decisions, the people that are making these decisions are making these decisions while being wined and dined at summer camp-like settings while they hang out with fellow billionaires and very powerful people, specifically United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, of course, trying to angle herself. Nikki Haley, obviously former governor out of South Carolina, ambassador for the United States to the United Nations, someone who has towed this very bizarre political line. She had the South Carolina Capitol take down the Confederate flag. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, she's a sellout. She's a conservative. I don't think we can get behind this woman. And then simultaneously over the past four plus years has been licking the disgusting dry yet, yet wet taint of Donald Trump. So Nikki Haley working in this bizarre, disgusting 
political dystopian hellscape trying to set herself up for 2024. And when we talk about these candidates not being able to relate to people, corporations are people, my friend. Look at Mitt Romney. Look at the folks Mm -hmm. who attend this two-day summer camp. And then you'll realize what happens over these 48 hours are what creates the policy for the next 48 years. And that's exactly why we need to be aware of who is attending these events, why they are attending these events, and how is it going to impact our lives. Anderson Cooper, and this is just, I'm just pointing out a few of the people and then going to kind of macro out from there. Anderson Cooper, media, mm-hmm. Nikki Haley, government, every single billionaire under the freaking sun getting together writing legislation, talking to one another. We mentioned this recently when it comes to Sheldon Whitehouse. He's hanging out at the country club. Where Mm -hmm. is he getting his ideas? Human beings are sponges. We're very susceptible. And there is no greater sponge than a politician because by nature, they're sociopaths. And the only way they know how to act human is by mirroring other human beings' activities and regurgitating what they've been told by those human beings. So these events do need to be covered and they are important. And it's amazing that no one seems to give a shit that people with a combined wealth of 70 billion, both in political life, in business life, and in media life, come together. What the hell do they talk about? At least Trump puts on rallies so we know his stupid ass thoughts. When you see the Zuck, when Mark Zuckerberg- The Zuck, when you see him- Cooking come- these meats. Uh, <laughs> cooking, did you ever see his cooking these meats video? Uh, I just- Cooking these meats. <laughs> did you see his video over the July 4th weekend? Was he cooking these meats? No, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, it was ridiculous. It's a meme. He's uh, riding these like wave board and then holding the American flag, while he like single handedly <laughs> is destroying America. Well, you know, Zuckerberg <laughs> rocking a hard place by many. Uh, we'll talk about the lawsuit that Donald Trump has against Facebook coming up here in the near seconds. So Zuckerberg getting hit by all sides in many ways. You, uh, I was going to talk about that lawsuit. So Trump wasn't invited to this. Has he been invited before? Maybe in the past? You think? Even by billionaire standards, he's he broke. Tr- he is broke. He broke. He's kind of a billionaire, <laughs> but also kind of not a billionaire. He was never the therapy session of Donald Trump, where he talks about how he could do no wrong in front of his mother's eyes, but how he never was really accepted by mm. the super elite because he's a con man and they're con men he's too, but they're legal. It really is amazing to see that Donald Trump is not welcome nor wanted in these places. And that's what makes him so sad. And that's what makes him so horny for power. Do you think he he watched the news? He saw the Sun Valley Conference. This wasn't whispered. on the news. Well, well you know, it, 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 he, but he would have known his friends, maybe the people he, he people he looks up to are going. Do you think this is, has to do similar with with the lawsuit and why he he really he really like because the timing's perfect. You know, lawsuit one day, Mark Zuckerberg at the billionaire conference the next day. I think this lawsuit was planned for a long, long time. The ultimate goal here is to figure out who these people are and why they're there. We also had Roberta Jacobson there, diplomat, former U.S. Assistant Secretary of State. Uh, They all have little name tags so you know exactly who they are. Uh, These (laughs) events need to be covered, but of course they're not being covered because the people who are supposed to be covering them are there enjoying their time being lied to and basically media is dead in this country because all they do as i formally said just recently is regurgitate what the wealthy tell them and then they treat that as news journalist becky quick was there as well um so travis what do you think just as a civilian someone who's ran for office as someone who likes to be connected to people what do you think when you hear about events like this as we have a nation right now um that is just being devastated economically we have a nation we have a globe that's being devastated economically but our nation as we talked about yesterday or last week's episode with what happened in Miami, infrastructure collapse, and we can't even get DeSantis to have a committee set up to research what happened when it comes to the Miami apartment collapse. We can't get so much done in this country to help out the working class people. And then we see the journalists and we see the politicians and we see the super wealthy schmoozing with one another. I mean, what, are there, what red flags pop up to you as someone who is uh, you know, a citizen journalist? Well, yeah, these billionaire conferences are are nothing new. Um, They go all the way back 
to 100 years ago. I mean, when uh, the Federal Reserve was first created, uh, that was a bunch of bankers meeting uh, off of South Carolina on Jekyll Island. And of course, that's all recapped in a book called uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island, in which Ooh. the Federal Reserve was essentially created. And then, yes, like you point out earlier, Bohemian Grove uh, was a big time billionaire summer camp. That's where Henry Kissinger would go. They'd Ooh. run around naked and they'd pee on the woods and have hookers <laughs> and fun things like that. But you're absolutely right. Presidential candidates were known to go there. Ronald Reagan went there. And then in the 90s and into the 2000s, if you are a follower of good old Alex Jones, you would know that then it switched to the Bilderberg Group, which was right. often meet in Chantilly, Virginia. So, but you're absolutely right. The ideas, the people, the connections that are made here, um, it does have a lasting impact for the next year, basically. They essentially consolidate their power and they make an agenda. And more often than not, like you, you mentioned, that is very interesting that Nikki Haley was there at Sun Valley because that means she's priming. She's priming for some type of run coming up absolutely you know we talk about fundraising we talk about how quaint it is when you have someone like a, a bernie sanders or i mean even even you know if you look at the national you know trump campaign to some degree uh, there were many smaller donors but at the end of the day the goal is to get money and if you can get the same amount of money or more from 10 donors as opposed to a hundred thousand donors you just made your life a heck of a lot easier so let's take a look at some of the other major figures that were hanging out here robert Kraft. robert Kraft. Of Lover the New of football England and hand jobs. Of course. Well, one thing is good. That's the <laughs> hand job, of course, not the New England Patriots. Uh, we had Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg. We had Netflix co-CEOs Reed Hastings and Ted Saradones. And then, of course, on the media side, we had CBS News' Gail King. Really stands out to me. Really stands out. And again, as I mentioned, CNN's Anderson Cooper, along with the Nike CEO, John Donahoe, and ex-Disney CEO, Michael Eisner. So it really is, when we talk about corporate media, when we watch corporate media and we wonder why they're telling us certain stories and not telling us other stories, this might as well have just been a production meeting. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, you have the guy who owns Facebook and the guy who writes news about Facebook, Anderson Cooper, things like that, Gail King. You know, it's... It, and then you have the people who profit off of Facebook, as in uh, Jeff Bezos and all of the other billionaire classes. And then, of course, you also have your entertainers, Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan, um, who, of course, wasn't really an entertainer, but somebody who created some great entertaining content. So it really is, when we talk about the... Um, media complex and when we talk about disinformation this is the nut that all of the disinformation grows from the conversations that happen over these two days with this amount of wealth with this amount of power i mean and you look at pictures of michael bloomberg for example i mean the <sighs> man looks like he should you know he's never driven a golf cart sober i mean the guy looks as if the sun has burned him so much it's tapped out itself like he looks like someone who is just unbelievably disheveled and sad that his kids don't call him but truthfully he is one of the most powerful people in the world and personifies every single thing we've just been talking about as someone who was a politician as someone who ran one of the biggest media corporations in the world aka bloomberg this person is a perfect nut perfect example of why it's so difficult to get actual information about what's going on in people's lives and how we can actually benefit it. Because as we know, specifically with Michael Bloomberg, there's very little concern for the actually helping uh, the people that, of course, uh, they pretend to help. But they'll tell you a lot of positive stuff in their television commercials. So isn't that nice? The money spent alone at this conference could have... Uh fix the homelessness crisis probably in LA just you know it, I, I bet you that won't be released how much money was spent how much uh that well that, honestly the whole thing was free well that's the thing with when you're super rich they give you stuff for free so all the shrimp you could eat Bloomberg <laughs> you're gonna love it but you know if they did have a proactive idea if they did have some proactive plans certainly you would think that they could come out of a two-day conference 
and actually tell them to the American people, which tells me that they had nothing in store or in mind to actually help out the millions and millions. And of course, I speak for Americans and to Americans, the millions and millions of Americans who are currently suffering. But let's move on. So that happened. Sun Valley. Check it out. If you were a waiter or a waitress or, or chef or anyone who was involved, please reach out. I would love to talk to you guys. We'll keep mm. it secret. We ain't telling your, your identity. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if, if, you, if you prepared all the shrimp, let us know how much Bloomberg ate. Ooh, I want to know Bloomberg. how much shrimp that man can fit in his mouth. <laughs> all right. Well, as Fernando mentioned, Donald Trump, he is blaming Democrats and uh, specifically uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama. For pressuring Facebook to ban him from their platform. Now, again, Facebook, I don't give a shit about Facebook. I think everyone should self-ban themselves off of Facebook because that's how you take the power away from Facebook. Literally stop feeding the tulpa. Now, again, I am on Instagram and I understand that it's owned by Facebook. So I am being a hypocrite. I'm talking mostly about the OG Facebook platform. Um, that I can't personally stand. And the only thing with Instagram is I like my pictures of dogs and wrestlers. So that's kind of fun. Twitter, the same thing. Just get rid of it entirely. But Donald Trump has filed a class action lawsuit against Facebook on Wednesday, alleging that the platform violated his and other users' First Amendment rights by censoring content and indefinitely suspending his account. Donald Trump argued if they can do it to him, they can do it to anyone. Now, obviously, let's let's take Trump out of this and we can have the conversation. Now, I personally believe that social media is not indicative of how humans actually think. I think it's a cesspool. I think it, there's multiple studies that have been shown now that show that the things that get propagated, the things that get promoted are always negative. That's just how it works. Uh, the in-group uh, focuses on the out group and vice versa. So the in group in a case, I think I mentioned this before, Republicans talk about Democrats, Democrats talk about Republicans, and no one puts a mirror up to themselves. And that's what creates this binary clusterfuck where you look around as a, as a rational, moderate, independent, or whatever you are, an independent, and you're like, you guys are all crazy because of course we're stuck in an abusive household and we're all the children. So I do understand the concept and the concern that Zuckerberg and, and his ilk have the right to, you know, cut content, to create a narrative. That narrative is never going to be in our best interest. Of course, this lawsuit is coming from Donald Trump, one of the biggest uh, spreaders of misinformation in American political history. So he doesn't really have a leg to stand on when it comes to telling people the truth. But I do think the larger conversation is an interesting conversation when it comes to political power and when it comes to being able to use a platform for political reasons if facebook does alienate certain politicians now this could also be this could happen to bernie sanders right this could happen to uh hell who knows it could happen to any political affiliation anyone with any political affiliation that perhaps gets too much power and disrupts the status quo travis what do you think as an independent journalist when you hear the conversation about facebook and their ability really to lie by omission, which in many cases means just kicking people off of their platform. And again, we're getting rid of the Trump in this because he's such a lightning rod and anything that makes him unhappy makes me happy. But from a grander scale, what do you think? Well, I think it spells uh, how important Facebook was in the 2016 election. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're right, take Trump out of it, but um, I mean, Facebook was absolutely vital. I mean, even we know, in terms of what the Russians actually did do to to try to influence the election is they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads. You know, that's that was how uh, Trump was able to essentially, I think, emerge through the primary was social media, not just, you know, um, the fact that CNN was putting all his rallies, uh, you know, completely unedited uh, in full on TV. But Facebook plays a huge role in our political discourse now, whether we like it or not. And so when you remove someone entirely, I think it is a bigger deal, uh, a much bigger deal than than we let on. So I don't know, maybe maybe as a point, but I don't see how he's, is he accusing them of collusion? It's not about Trump having a point. It's about the larger conversation because who is going to have access to Facebook? So far, they've taken very little action against disinformation. They have like 
200,000 or maybe 20,000 employees that are supposed to parse through every single thing that's said on the website. And they're like, that's not true. That is true. The algorithm is all wrong. The Russians have been using this for a long time and not just the Russians, the US government, the CIA, the psyops that take place on Facebook, the LARPs that can take place, just the political gamesmanship that can occur on Facebook for really, really cheap. I think that's what we learned in 2016. You know, we think about Donald Trump and some people will say he's a populist or Bernie Sanders will say he's a populist. But in reality, that that is not the case specifically uh, for Donald Trump. You can't be a populist when the message is being only promoted by certain platforms because of certain algorithms. It's a phony form of populism. You know, it wasn't organic in a sense. It was promoted and it was allowed to aggregate itself and roll itself into this massive, 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 massive political movement. But the entire thing was predicated on lies. And I think that that is one of the most interesting parts of American populism right now. We're gauging populism by social media interaction. And I don't think that that's going to lead to an actual populist, uh, you know, Bryant 1900s type Hank candidate. Right. No, you're absolutely right. It's fake populism. I mean, you know, how many problems have ever been solved in the Facebook comments? That's None. Things, how many have been things, created? A lot. A lot. Yes. And that is where things really go off the rails. So um, that's a very good point. You know, Facebook is, it is not exactly doing what we maybe thought it would do uh, in terms of interconnectivity, right? And connecting people around the world and the exchange of ideas. It's, it's almost worse and then making it worse in that sense. I personally don't like my president having a Twitter. When you know Obama had a Twitter in 2017 or whatever, I didn't like that. I don't like the idea of uh, the instant feed from a very powerful public official straight to my brain. I like that there's a few assistants in there. I like that there's people mediating it. And uh, it wasn't an issue with Obama because he wasn't senile. But then what did we see in the last election? You know, And that's just Twitter. So it's the same on, on Facebook. No, I don't want Bernie Sanders banned because he's not president either. You know, yeah. well, the former president has also called out Vice President Kamala Harris for urging Facebook to suspend his account. And what he is citing is uh, that Joe Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi <laughs> backed revoking Section 230 of the Federal Communications Decency Act. Now, they wanted to back this when the heads of social media companies were required to appear at numerous congressional hearings where they were subjected to uh, lengthy and at some point embarrassing questions. I mean, it is what it is when you get called in front of uh, Congress, it's gonna be a waking freaking nightmare. But this is what the Trump lawsuit says. He says, the message conveyed by Democrat legislators to uh, defendants was clear. Use the authority of section 230 to ban plaintiff and those putative class members who posted content and views contrary to these legislators' preferred points of view or lose the competitive protections of Section 230 and tens of billions of dollars of market share together. As we know in this binary world, do not be surprised as these lawsuits never go away and there's a different political party uh, or a politician from a different political party at all times suing uh, these entities because Facebook, social media, it pisses off everyone. And right now, obviously, a lot of people on the left will be defending Facebook because Donald Trump has brought mm -hmm. this lawsuit. And again, he's fucking full of shit all the time. But I'll tell you one thing. As soon as the shoe's on the other foot, um, the right will then be defending Facebook because who knows? Who knows who the Dems got coming down the pipe in 20 years, 10 years, whoever it might be. He says something off the rails. Dear, he stands up for the Palestinian people and that's seen as hate speech or something like that. Then boom, he's banned. And then next thing you know, we are again where we are, which is a place where conversation is being led by algorithm. And of course that algorithm created by virgins and sexless teens <laughs> such as Mark Zuckerberg. So we have to be very careful. And I wanted to bring that lawsuit to your attention and we'll see where it goes and again uh no love lost between donald trump and the american people it is ironic that he is the one suing again as travis said given the fact that he is uh the man who used it best in 2016 so much freaking cheaper than buying those primitive archaic 
television ads, which almost look like political cave drawings at this point. Yes, but those are also, uh, you know, growing up in Ohio, those are, oh, golly, those are still very popular. It's just wall-to-wall ads anytime you try to watch anything in a presidential election year in Ohio. Oh, Oh, my God. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Also, well, let's just move on briefly here, but sticking in the world of technology, I mentioned the Palestinians. Do you guys hear about this story? Mm. Uh, this is crazy, man. I don't like these drones. You know I don't like the drones. I'll shoot down the drone. I'll shoot it down. I especially don't like the drones when uh, it's all AI driven and human beings are no longer uh, required to share any input. It's horrifying. Israel has been using their first ever AI drone swarm, which is now being commonly used in war, the drone swarm, which is like big drones had little baby drones. Isn't that fun? Like little ducklings. So Israel uses first ever AI drone swarm to battle and hunt down Hamas terrorists, that's according to this article. So um, the 11-day fight, the 11-day war, the 11-day brutality that existed this past May, for those that want to know what the total was, um, the conflict led to 256 people dead in Gaza and uh, 13 people dead in Israel. So 256 to 13. And again, if that number was one and zero, it would still be too much. But if you want to know who's winning that battle, Uh, Look no further than the stat sheet, which is, again, 256 people killed in Gaza and 13 in Israel. During the violence, the Israeli military says that uh, from Gaza, they received 4,300 rockets. But that's not a nice gift. Mm. You don't want rockets. Those are not gifts. Those are not filled with candy. So they said Gaza sent us around 4,000 rockets and Israel retaliated with massive airstrikes. And now they are retaliating with these drone swarms that are going to be used to, again, air quotes, target Hamas. Now I say air quotes because things change very quickly in war. Things change very quickly on the ground. And the idea that Hamas has moved and maybe some Mm. other people are there. Maybe this is a situation where, sad to say, but it does happen, where you want soft targets to make your enemy look horrible you you might put you know children or innocent civilians in an area that could be perceived as dangerous um and if that area is hit and affected it's a massive pr benefit for hamas but of course it's a horrible thing to happen for the people who lost their lives for no more than a few positive stories on al jazeera so i don't trust the algorithms i don't trust them whatsoever and i certainly don't trust them to take human life. And now we are really living in a world as the US plays war games, which is exactly what Israel is. Mm -hmm. Israel and the Palestinian people, you know, they call it the theater of war, the theater of war. And that's not an accident. It really is a theater. It's a play where the US is gonna see, how does this work out? What happens with the AI drones? I don't even buy the first Apple phones. I haven't bought the first PS5 because there's always a lot of glitches. And now we have the first AI unmanned, no human interaction, drone swarms, and the people of Palestine and the Palestinian people are going to be the test market. And this ain't growing up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, where the test market gets us really sugary cereals. And then they're like, that actually is going to make your kids obese. We're not going to take that national. This is a test market full of blood and destruction. So this is something we have to pay attention to. And again, something you're not going to see on any news because they all talked about it and there's going to be a lot of money being made for those billionaires who are currently hanging out at Sun Valley. This is probably their idea. Why not get the humans out of it, automate it, 
now we can't even have from a worker perspective too if you're in the israeli military be like are you taking my job robot (laughs) you're taking my job right the basic idea of the drone swarm is that the machines Mm -hmm. themselves are able to make decisions the swarm continues its mission even if it loses some drones during the mission Uh, the machine learning system is fed with data sourced from satellites other reconnaissance drones and aerial vehicles as well as intelligence collected by ground units it's a uh, unit 8020 8200 8200 unit 8200 of the israeli defense forces intelligence corps have developed this algorithm again using geographical signal and human intelligence data to identify these strategic strike points so the question here is at least when we fought the russians we had mad we had mutually assured destruction this right. idea that if you take one of us mm-hmm. we're going to be able to take 10 of you if you get the human element out of war what's going to stop and i'm not I and mean, we can extrapolate past israel and in palestine because of course again they're just the test market mm-hmm. what's going to stop massive devastation if the only thing you lose is a few pieces of metal that you right. can just make with you know in the u.s with your 750 billion dollars a year I do have to correct you, Ben. These are technically not kill drones yet. These are just a, a reconnaissance drones. They, buddy, I am telling no, you. No, no, but but the fact that it takes a minute to put a missile on these guys or a little laser gun is 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 exactly the issue that we're talking about. So right. that that you know uh, that is what they are planning. No one cares. <laughs> Why would they even bother using these unless at some point? they were going to be used for total devastation. And when it comes to these guys, sure, they might be reconnaissance, but they are giving the information to then a larger drone that is going to destroy people. So it's sort of like saying the scout isn't just as guilty as the sniper when the scout is the one who tells you exactly where the person is and tells exactly where the sniper to shoot. So I actually don't give any credence to that. I think that entire thing was the message that initially they said when it comes to drones. Of course, drones, the man who created it was a farmer and he created it to monitor his yeah, crops. That's what they- and the federal government <laughs> said, oh, we love that technology. Let's <laughs> no. take it. And the guy specifically was like, you're not gonna put any bombs on these. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're gonna go monitor the crops. <laughs> And you see what happens. So I don't give a shit what they say as far as it's just cameras, my freaking yeah. ass. No, leave it to the American federal government to to take a neat idea and be like, hey, we could kill people with that. Let's kill it, people with it. It does remind me, I mean, a few weeks ago, weren't we all talking about how they're they're having drones survey the uh, our southern border right now? Joe mm-hmm. Biden's been really big on that. Of course, we know the Obama administration was really big on drones. And you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. They, they first come to you and say, well, now we don't have to put... Uh, soldiers' lives at risk. But, sure. Right. But then what you do is you then take out that human accountability. I mean, overall, obviously, I'd just prefer my taxpayer dollars to to not have to go to any surveillance of innocent humans at any point. Uh, but also, well, what more surveillance do they need? <laughs> they're in Gaza. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What it's are you talking like they're, about? They're they're not even able to go anywhere anytime soon. So, uh, the the whole thing, uh, I agree with you. It's like staring at the toilet after you take a dump at it, being like, "Yeah, I think I got a pretty good eye on this turd. <laughs> it's not going anywhere." And then setting up a camera just to make sure it doesn't leave. There's no place for it to go. And the people of Palestine, with drone swarms, man. I'm going to say something cliche, but the series Black Mirror wasn't supposed to be a documentary Uh, or a how-to. And uh, you talk about the government being scared of the government having these drones. You know, that a lot of the stuff... I'm scared of my neighbor having these drones. I'll shoot the freaking... I'll shoot it down now. There was that story that we covered a few weeks, probably years ago on Roundtable, where this dude, this neighbor was scouting this dude's girl daughters. They're called daughters. (laughs) They're women. Okay. No, they were daughters. They were like 12 years old. And this guy was... The neighbor was looking over him and he shot... The the dad shot the drone down and the dad got charged with vandalism of private property. And I'm like, you're going to bring your drone into my yard? Oh, oh, I'm shooting that drone down. That is exactly what I was going to say. I was like, the government may have these drones now, but what's going to stop a terrorist organization from getting all these drones? The government is the terrorist organization. In in this example, (laughs) I'm not going to legally say that, but in this example, they're definitely not the the happy ones. But, uh, you know, uh, it's not going to stop criminal organizations. The the technology gets out. The only thing that will stop criminal organizations 
or petty criminal organizations is the price. They're expensive. And um, as we know, with the United States' surplus of weapons and goods, they start, everything is new and cool. And then we have hand-me-down weapons. Mm -hmm. And the hand-me-down weapons go to our like Do little states. Maybe we'll give it to Pakistan. Maybe we'll give some to India. Maybe we'll give some to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, we'll, we'll spread it out. And then 10 years down the line, <laughs> we have 10 years worth of surplus of drones. AI drones, mini drones. We already have the Big Papa and the Mama drones. So it's not about what we're seeing. This is the tip of the iceberg. Right. And as soon as a, a drone is hovering outside of the window in which we record right now, and they'll say, legally, it's legal airspace, even then people will probably be so sheep dipped and so uh, slowly boiled that uh, they'll say, well, wrong, ben. shut up. <laughs> Fernando, I'm going to ask you to shut up. <laughs> You're not doing anything wrong. I hate man. that. that is the, no, no, it's, it's, I know. It's, that's what I've, it's I've a, heard. Yes. It's a, uh, what is it? Erosion of your rights. That that right. line. If you're not doing anything wrong, then why are you afraid of them watching you? It's I'm I don't because need the, them watching me. The Period. law is not indicative of what's right or wrong. The law is the law, and oftentimes the law needs to be changed, as we're seeing now with national uh, marijuana legislation that is going to make all of the billionaires that are hanging out in Sun Valley a lot of money, as they also made a lot of money by putting people behind bars for the exact thing that they are salivating to get their hands on. Well, speaking of salivating and speaking of people who made a lot of money and speaking of total scumbags, I kind of like this story. This is actually a feel good story. <laughs> well, I, I have no idea where we're going. What's Michael Avenatti. I, oh yeah. <laughs> Two and a half years. Michael going. Avenatti, the total scumbag lawyer for uh, Stormy Daniels. I'm team Stormy. I'm team Stormy right. in Ohio, Love by the Stormy. way. Y'all, the cops in Ohio busted her and that was a sting operation. It those was, pieces it was a of shit. It was a dirty operation. The Columbus Police Department got in a lot of trouble, and uh, a lot of people got fired. We're, we're still cleaning up the mess Good over Stormy Lord. Daniels. Stormy Daniels did nothing wrong. She blew the president. He paid her. And then, of course, uh, Michael Avenatti found this to be a great political in. And uh, just a reminder, again, of corporate media and the binary world of stupidity that we live in. Joy Reid, Rachel Meadow. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hayes, and of course, Frank Sinatra's son, Ronan. Ronan Farrow. Ronan Farrow, who is not Woody Allen's son, because um, he looks just like Frank Sinatra. He looks just like Frank Sinatra, yes. He doesn't look anything like Woody Allen, but he looks just like Frank Sinatra, and he's going to tell us that he is Woody Allen's son. I would be so thankful to it's not no, be Woody Allen's son. No way that Ronan Farrow is not Frank Sinatra's son. All of those people told us that Michael Avenatti was a great dude, who was fighting Donald Trump every single step of the way. <laughs> and they even went as far as saying he should run for president. And uh, Michael Avenatti, is, he is as cocky as he is bald. And he said, maybe I should, maybe I am powerful. And he thought he was powerful enough to try to extort Nike, <laughs> which is uh, really not gonna happen. So a federal judge <laughs> this past Thursday, he sentenced the, the lawyer uh, to 30 months in prison for trying to extort millions of dollars from Nike. And again, this just shows you the power that be, the large corporations, when you mess with them, you're going to get messed with. I think he should have gotten more time for screwing over Stormy Daniels. Mm -hmm. Nike is fine. The, the way that he treated Stormy Daniels and the way the media gave him a pass, even in the midst of the Me Too movement, they were like, oh, thank you for standing up for Stormy. He was doing exactly what Britney Spears' father does. Ugh. He took all of the money, gave her none. It is unbelievable. So he had three counts of threatening... Uh, to publicly accuse the sports wear company of illicitly paying amateur basketball players unless Nike paid him. Now, of course, the irony is the NCAA, right. the, the Supreme Court just ruled that students can make money. Right. And I believe that's actually very good. They should make money over their likeness. They should be able to make money by selling their signatures. So he literally threatened Nike and he was going to he was going to be like I'm going to expose you and it's like little secret we all know Nike's been paying students for a long time not really a big story not at all a big story and dare I say Nike is actually in the right on that right they should have been paying their students this whole time so he wanted to he wanted to extort them for something that ooh 20 months later would become legal so anyway, uh, this is according to a U.S. District Judge, Paul Gardifi. I love what he said. <laughs> he says, Mr. Avenatti's conduct was outrageous. Mr. Avenatti had become drunk on the power <laughs> of his platform, 
or what he perceived his platform to be. And what was his platform? Television news. Woof, of course. <laughs> what do you think about this, Trav? Well, buddy, you know, this taps in uh, to what we've uh, kind of always talked about with the toxicity of the Trump era. And that was another byproduct of it was people yep. who would come off as, oh, I'm anti-Trump too. And everyone would be like, oh, well, would you like a, a, a talking head Emmy? job? Do you want an CNN? Emmy, would Mr. Would you like Cuomo? an Emmy? Yes, exactly. And then it turns out these people have their own skeletons in their own closets and their houses ain't clean. And Avenatti is the poster child of that. I mean, you're right. I forgot that people actually wanted him to run for president. Good grief. It was a disgusting I'd time. I'd rather vote for Stormy Daniels for president any day. Absolutely. I'd vote for Stormy Daniels right here in the great state of California. Hey, well, there you go. She might, she might just run now. She might. I'd watch her run. Avenatti, he's 50 years old. He still faces trials on two additional criminal indictments, one in New York over allegations that he defrauded Stormy Daniels. He took $300,000 from her book advance uh, and obviously, you know, didn't give her any of them. And to my knowledge, I don't even know if there's a book. <sighs> and then, of course, he's also uh, being sued in California for allegedly defrauding other clients of his law firm. The sentence of uh, Avenatti received was significantly lower than re was recommended by the guidelines, which call for 108 to 135 months in Whoa. prison. <laughs> wow. So he is lucky to only be doing or serving 30 months. And of course, you know, probably probably 20 months, because I think it's about, they always say yeah, time gets cut in half for good uh, behavior, but I actually think it's, uh, I think it's cut by one third. I'm fairly certain. And in prison, you know, Avenatti will do well. He was probably be, hopefully, truly, hopefully he can actually help people who need help in prison. Maybe someone who's right. been there for 25 years off of a weed charge. He might actually be able to help write some briefs. And maybe this is the best thing to ever happen to the guy. I guess I don't, I don't, I don't hate anyone, but it's just his ego got built up. And it's just so disgusting to see how media force fed this asshole down our throats. Mm. and uh, lied to us. And now that he's been found guilty, it's just nothing but chirps and nothing like, mm, did we do that? The hubris that you must have to sit across from two Nike lawyers and be like, <laughs> you're going to do what I want or you're going down. It's just not going to, it's just not going to, I would rather take on Coca-Cola. Like you're not going to win. I, it is what it is. Right. You're just I, not winning. I'd want to see a video of it. I, maybe one day. <laughs> I'm sure it's all being covered. Bad. Anyway. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. And speaking of, I don't know, I'm just going to say this attorneys who have lost their way because it's not easy sometimes as an attorney to, to hold true to your principles that got you into law in the first place. I know where this one's going. Uh, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, man, it was, doesn't 9-11 just seem like yesterday when he was America's mayor, he was on SNL and everyone's like, we really like this guy. Like, yes, this he guy looks is. like a bat, but we love him. Holy crap. What a 20 year run it's been for him from america's mayor to america's clown rudy giuliani his law license has been suspended by the state of new york so he can't do anything in new york again just to put that in context this dude he was the law he was the mayor. i am the law yeah. damn it I am the law. he was not just the mayor he was more powerful you could argue when he was the ag you know he, he literally was the law and the laws that he created 
uh, or put in place or the standards that he put in place, the big mafia breakups, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all of that he would do to to get all the uh, the fat guys who love the pasta, all of the John <laughs> Gotti and, and the ilk, those strategies that he used to get those people in prison, all taxes. You can murder anyone if you mm -hmm. have power, but you mess with the government's money and they're going to come and lock you up. Ironically enough, that's what's being used now to uh, incarcerate many of the most powerful people or potentially incarcerate some of the more powerful people within the Trump uh, organization. So New York says, Julie, Annie, you're out of here. And in typical fashion, Washington follows what New York does because New York is a leader. <laughs> and they said, Giuliani, you're also out of here. So Rudy Giuliani no longer allowed to practice law in New York or in Washington, two of the places that he used to have. Again, so much freaking power and most likely two of the places where he uh, messed up the most. So Rudy Giuliani, I can't think of a fall from grace not even in a political, just in a lawyerly, like in law, how many people have been so powerful and then fallen so hard? I mean, in New York, we had Eric Schneiderman. He was a former AG. Uh, he got busted for doing a whole series of corrupt things and a whole series of different uh, things with the ladies and women and God knows what. He's gone, but he wasn't really as famous, obviously, as Giuliani. I can't think of a and obviously, we just talked about Avenatti, who would desperately love to have one-tenth of the celebrity of Giuliani. <laughs> right, right. I can't think of someone who was like a former top law official in this country, now fallen so far from grace, where he just oozes and screams. And evidently, he didn't really do it too sober. Uh, not according to Michael Wolf. <laughs> well, again, Michael Wolf. Michael Wolf has tried to sell books, but let's listen to the lie. If it's fun, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, according to uh, Michael Wolf's new book, Landslide: The Final Days of the Trump. This presidency. is his third book, by the way. About this? No, this is Michael Wolf's third book on Trump. I believe oh. it, it's like there's another. There's all oh, these people have tried to make so much money off of this bloviating bastard. Uh, but anyway, go on. Apparently, Trump's aides uh, thought that Giuliani was in the mumble tank and on the verge of being senile. Oh my god! N not oh. only that, uh, what was oozing out of him, Ben, was, was actually alcohol because apparently he was always buzzed. He had memory <laughs> problems. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, uh, that this isn't related to alcoholism, but they're saying simple logic failures, which you know are not a good sign of a person's mental state. So that's what was leaking out of him: mental capacity and okay. alcohol. Oh, that's what it was. I mean, I've met Rudy Giuliani twice. I think I've told you guys this story. I met him at the 2012 well, convention in Tampa. I went up to him. You know, he was shaking police officers' hands, and then I went up like America's mayor, and he's like did a <sighs> reluctant handshake with me. And then I saw him <laughs> in Cleveland at the RNC. I was like two for two for seeing Giuliani at RNCs. I went up to him in Cleveland. I was like, America's mayor. And he's like, ah. it was shook my hand again. I think if I ever see this man again and I call him America's mayor, he'll give me a hug and be like, you remember me. Thank God. Yeah. Because he, he is long gone. I mean, this is the other side of the Trump toxicity uh, era, the era of toxicity of Trump, right? Avenatti is on one end and Giuliani, mm -hmm. he just did everything he could. I think we they said his his legal uh, fees are like $20,000 a day. And I, I don't For think- For what? Also, exactly. Trump hasn't paid him, so. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the thing. I don't think he even ever got paid. And then they're so. about to clash Trump and Giuliani because Giuliani has so much dirt on Trump, but now it just doesn't even matter. It's just two destructive people have destroyed each other. It really is. And of course, he's fallen so far from grace that even his son, uh, that was mimicked and mocked by Chris Farley back Love in the early sketch. 90s, that sketch was great. Andrew Giuliani, uh, he wanted to uh, run for governor and that went absolutely nowhere immediately. And he has already said, you know what? Never mind. The Giuliani name is done. It is over. And uh, we'll see if it ever comes back. I don't think it will. And uh, nor should it. Because, of course, uh, Giuliani is someone who is um, guilty for more crimes than he could have ever incarcerated someone for committing. And that's what pisses everyone off so much about the most powerful in this country is that they do what they do 
and they yell at you if you do what they do because you don't got the right, you don't got the money, and you don't got the power to do it. Uh, Wolf says something here that's really, uh, you know, sticks out to me. He writes about Giuliani's life, but I think this also applies to Avetti and uh, Mr. Trump. Avenatti. Avenatti, I apologize. Uh, basically, he says that their life seemed to be singularly sustained by being on television. Oh. And you, you, Isn't that you, sad? You, that, why is Trump suing? Why? What was Avenatti trying to, you know, I'm sorry for saying his name wrong, but that's what he was trying to do with Stormy Daniels. Oh, it's good, about dude. fame. It's yeah. about craving that. Absolutely. Well, speaking of New York politics, just briefly, I lost uh, by 98.2%. <laughs> but, you know, when I ran for Brooklyn Borough president, I had a message. Number one, we did fix the L train. Thank you very much. Thank you all for uh, supporting that plan. And the man that we lost to, Eric Adams, he is now the nominee for the Democratic Party in New York City. So it'll be Sliwa versus Adams. Of course, Curtis, we know very well. Eric, we know quite well. And that race is going to heat up. The only problem with Eric Adams winning for Curtis Lewa is Sliwa's entire campaign was about law and order. There's a bit of a rise of crime in New York right now as the city's sort of been vacated. It's coming back to normal. It's starting to normalize. And that was Sliwa's big thing. Andrew Yang wasn't really focused on it. Maya Wiley certainly wasn't focused on it. Uh, the other contenders, Garcia wasn't really focused on it. Eric Adams really undercuts Curtis Lewa's law and order campaign because, of course, Eric Adams is a former cop. So we will see what happens in that race. And I would love to have both of them on to do a debate because New York debates. I love New York so much and I love yeah. OG New Yorkers. New York debates are so freaking funny because they will straight up criticize your pasta. They will just be like, and you can't fucking cook. And remember the barbecue? Like, remember when we went to go see Bo Deedle? Bo Deedle was like, fuck you. Remember yeah. 20 yes. years ago? You didn't oh, fucking yes. stop by my rally 20 years ago? And they get so mad about the pettiest stuff. And it's so freaking, you don't open the doors for me on the R train. Like they just get so angry and it's so fantastic. So whenever they have a debate, Sliwa versus Adams, Woo. Tune in. That's going to be must-see TV. And I hope that we could get both of them to debate on this show. But if not, maybe we'll find two impersonators. Or we'll just get Curtis. Or we'll just get Eric. I don't or, even or, know. Or we'll yeah. just get both of them and not tell them that they're both on at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's like an episode of Jerry Springer. In fact, uh, we got to do a quick plug for Hail Yourself America, our documentary. You can find it at HailYourselfAmerica.com. It's not only about Ben's campaign, but yes, it is now our preview. Because Ben ran against Eric Adams and Curtis Lewa was one of our uh, biggest supporters in that race when he was still with the Reform Party. So if you want a preview of the upcoming mayoral race in New York City, you oddly enough have to watch Hail Yourself America. And it's it's going to get so messy. It's going to get so messy. It'll be great. Oh, I Sliwa. Can't oh, I can't New wait. York politics are politics at their best. If you can stay alive. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, before we get to uh, Travis Irvine letting us know what's going on and what great messages you sent to that scumbag out there in Ohio. Speaking of social media, it's ironic that Trump is suing Facebook and whatnot because <laughs> he has uh, he has his own social media network and oh, it's no. called Gitter. Gitter! G-E-T-T-R, <laughs> which I think of as a man with his friends attempting to, to gang rape somebody and they yell Gitter. Um, oh, I no. don't know why it's called Gitter. I think they wanted to, to mean get together, but you're going to need to get a G in there um gitter it's g-e-t-t-r uh this thing's a nightmare so if you're off a parlor if you don't like parlor if parlor got too liberal for you you can always go to gitter it turns out there's eighty-five thousand users but it's already been hacked <laughs> yeah. so be very very careful don't trust any like just don't trust any of this stuff text your friends and call your friends because uh, that's going to be the best way to get the message out about how I don't even know how the how the moon is actually uh, made of chocolate. I have no clue what people text with each other about, but this is according to Alan Gall. He's the co-founder of the cybersecurity firm Hudson Rock. 
This is what they had to say. They say, when threat actors are able to extract sensitive information due to neglectful API implementations, the consequence is equivalent to a data breach that should be handled accordingly by the firm and examined by regulators. So what does that mean? It means that this website, Gitter, was made so horribly, almost fraudulently. Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. I don't know enough about the malware and all that stuff, but obviously it was not created in a way that was inhackable. So basically, Trump and all of the people that support him, Trump just made sure to, uh, you know, just put all of their private information at risk. And isn't that nice? Just another example of complete and utter incompetence. The app actually went live uh, in the App Store uh, and Google Play last month, uh, but left beta on July 4th. To piggyback off what you were just saying, Ben, according to uh, some insiders onto the Getter website, it's apparently just a copy of Twitter's code. Uh, <laughs> literally everything, like they show the, the HTML code back to side to side. So uh, there's it might have been a reason why someone could have hacked it because it was a shit code. Oh my God. On July 2nd, the apps team apologized for signup delays, citing a spike in downloads, but a bit of a launch time delay is probably the least of its problems. Over the weekend, a number of Gitter accounts, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, Steve uh, Bannon, and uh, Stephen Miller, uh, they were compromised, raising more, uh, raising more <laughs> questions. Wow. You imagine going to a party and seeing Steve Bannon, Stephen Miller, and Marjorie Taylor Greene just hanging out, chatting. <sighs> about how much lint they have in their assholes. I have no idea what they would talk about. <laughs> well, it's the Getter website, Ben. Uh, according to the banner on the website, it promotes uh, don't get canceled, flex your first amendment, and celebrate freedom. Isn't that wow. wonderful? Another red flag, the app's design is conspicuously identical, as uh, Fernando said to Twitter. <laughs> so they just copied and pasted Twitter's... <laughs> the HTML code, it's a, it's a copy-paste job. <laughs> this is so Trumpian. <laughs> it's just amazing. They also said it was going to be non-bias, and it tried to provide the best software quality to its users, and they wanted to allow anyone to express their opinion freely. Travis? Well, uh, are you guys saying that Gitter's done? Gitter's done! Thank you very <laughs> Gitter's much. Gitter's done! Been I've been sitting on that the whole time. I'm sorry. This is a real thing from Miller. He shared... Hydrochloroquine works. Oh my That's what God. he did. It's literally called, you mentioned that, but it is to, when you gitter, it is called to, I gittered. So be like, I had a great, I gittered last week that hydrochloroquine works. And um, uh, over the weekend, he was quoting the president, of course. And uh, then he goes on to say, and nobody's going to take this post down <laughs> or suspend this account. Hashtag gitter. But he will get hacked. <laughs> so isn't that nice? So basically, it's a website where you can go and just scream random bullshit. Um, but that's called the Internet. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know yeah. where this is really going to go. I'm sure no one listening on this show has a Gitter account. And I'm sure if they do, they are smart enough to not put real information in there because you will be hacked and you will be scammed and nothing good. <laughs> is uh, going to come from this. So this is just another one of the great examples of complete and utter incompetence. It's not just Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon has 84,000 followers, but you know who really is popular? Give it to Mike me. Pompeo. Oh Mike Pompeo, Ooh. he's got the biggest tits at the ball. He's, he's got 1.3 million followers. He is dreamy. Oh, I love mm. Pompeo. Imagine following Mike Pompeo on Gitter. And there's a two facts from Bloomberg on this. Apparently, Trump has no plans to join the app, and it is a it's got a predominance of Sonic the Hedgehog porn. Oh, so, there you go. Oh. <laughs> I love what he did to Tails. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So you want to go on there? You can scream about QAnon, hydroxychloroquine, and Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and and you can want yeah, scream scream about hydroxychloroquine, Quinn. Watch Sonic fuck real quick, <laughs> and then go He's back. He's always real quick. He's yeah. always real quick. He's always, I mean, God, can you imagine? He could have thousands of babies in a matter of minutes. <laughs> All right. So uh, don't get the Gitter app because it's just going to hack your phone. And at some point, <laughs> it's just going to, um, 
It's just going to ruin something in your life. <laughs> just, I don't know what. It just votes Republican for you. It would. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Anyway, and just lastly, before lastly, lastly, before we get to Travis, next week we're actually going to talk about this more. I don't like to go into ad nauseum, but the January 6th riot, the New York Times, the video content mm-hmm. that they created, it's on YouTube. Highly, highly recommend it. It's 40 minutes. It's all, uh, it's a good documentary because it's all shot through people's Instagrams. They right. just kind of pieced together the day uh, based upon everyone that was filming that day. And it was a really well done thing. It was very craft. It, I don't want to say craftily edited. It shows what happened during that right. day. And I was actually really kind of blown away by the amount of violence and how scary it really was. Mm. That shit was intense. Again, the commission, we'll see if that ever gets happening with the uh, on the political side. But the investigation's happening. Mm-hmm. The FBI has it. The CIA, like the U.S. government is investigating. So Pelosi can be like, we want an investigation. The Republicans be like, we don't want an investigation. I don't get, shut, they can both shut the fuck up because the investigation is happening and Oath Keepers mm. and Proud Boys yeah. to what happens when you mix stupidity, political ideology, booze, and- um, Privilege? No. No, not privilege. I was going to say um, able-bodied people Mm. because it was just a bunch of able-bodied morons. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps there was some privilege mixed in there, but that term has kind of got a wide... They were attacking a bunch of privileged people as well. So that's that's kind of a moot point. But I do believe um, that what happened on January 6th, it's been whitewashed already. It's been understated. It was really bad. It was a really, really bad. And Trump, as far as I'm concerned, again, if he did go on trial for it and I was on the jury, let's say send that man to the hole. And then he'd be like, oh, I'll pay you $100,000 to see it. Okay, let's go on, Travis. Let's finish this beautiful episode out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're informed. What do we want to talk about here with this Ohio fellow? We got some messages that y'all sent him. Absolutely, Ben. Well, you know, again, we only are doing this because uh, back in May, we gave everyone Larry Householder's cell phone number. Of course, he was the uh, FBI indicted, now former Speaker of the House in Ohio. And all of you sent the messages and it irked Larry so much that he complained about it in his testimony. So that's why last week. And because they're total scumbags and completely fraudulent and people who do not belong in public life. Exactly. So what we have now done last week, Ben, is we went after uh, Larry Householder's number two because the man does smell like it. Whoa, buddy. Representative Bill Seitz from Cincinnati, ladies and gentlemen. And I told you all about him last week. We played the clip where he yelled at uh, the Democratic minority leader, Amelia Sykes. Um, and he has been completely unhinged. And so we gave everyone his cell phone number. Of course, that number again, ladies and gentlemen, is 513-451-3921. And oh. all of you have been sending very intelligent, well-thought-out messages to thank Mr. Seitz. Honestly, and thank I you want so to thank for everyone that, yeah. for that. Yes, absolutely. I got one here um, from Kelsey in Westerville, Ohio. She sent this to Bill. She said, you're a chain-smoking John Boehner wannabe country club, pathetic, bloviating ass hat who doesn't deserve a second of my time but because it actually affects the lives of real people i'm wasting my time to tell you to back off our voter rights Woo! have some respect for your colleagues black white male female republican democrat any and all of them be a decent human being for once in your putrid existence go get a therapist you are unhinged sir Woo! thank you kelsey for that one kelsey that you one. nailed it that is a that's a 13 out of 10 i'm gonna do what they do on dog posts where they never go under 10 that's a 13 out of 10 that's a pomeranian right there that's a pomeranian and of course dan um sent me one he is an ohio citizen studying in new mexico for school he said thank you for this heads up and here's what he sent to bill he said resign and or rework hb 294 which is the voter rights uh, Mm -hmm. act that bill is pushing uh to reflect a priority on voter access you may or may not be aware that the citizens that is to say the people who make your lunch wash your car and live in a much smaller house with often a larger family are the ones affected by this bill Mm -hmm. not everyone has the resources that you do and every opportunity to allow the people who paid for your lunch, car, and home to have their voices heard should be encouraged. 
In addition, the belligerent behavior you have displayed has Ooh. no place among civil discourse and disrespects the entire state of Ohio. You're a public servant. Stop being a public nuisance. Whoa. Well done, Dan. Another Dan. great one. You guys are so smart. That's They're amazing. So smart. I would have just I... sent him a meme of like <laughs> William Shatner being like, shit here. Just like thumbs down emojis. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. And of course, we did this at the height of the July 4th holiday. So, uh, and, and Bill Sites will be on vacation for the rest of the month, folks. So feel free to just text or call 513-451-3921 to let them know how you feel. Seriously. Keep it smart. We love the smart stuff. Keep and it we smart. Know those it were honestly, those were beyond perfect because it's not about sitting there and calling him a bunch of names. It's about calling him exactly what he is. And both of those were perfect examples of, of that. Just stop messing with our rights. Issue focus. Exactly. That's all we're asking. I'm not even asking. You have to, they have to proactively screw us over. I'm just saying, take a day. <laughs> just, just leave Relax. A day. Go out to lunch. Absolutely. And Jeez. above all, we got, um, there was a great piece that came out in the Cleveland.com, formerly the Cleveland Plain Dealer, um, that actually uh, uh, profiles that Bill cites his influence, his clout in the state house is running out. So Good. if you want to just text Bill and let him know that you're running out of clout. He's running out of clout. Fine. Welcome to gout because you're about <laughs> to be sitting on the couch. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hope you're doing well out there. We will be back next week and we might be actually doubling up the shows here. There might be a small change going on in my personal podcast lineup. So that'll be really cool because the nice thing is every time that our show hits, we beat you know, some really douchebaggy people that are uh, out uh, for no good and people who have zero interest in actually making our world better. And I want to continue to beat them almost every single day whenever we can. Of course, they record daily. So I think we might go twice a week because God knows there's a lot of content to cover. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, if you worked at that uh, Sun Valley benefit or that Sun Valley uh, stupid-ass event, um, please reach out. Okay, everyone, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.